our, our big idea this morning, we want us to kind of be thinking about as we move through uh, these passages, is that this is a big main theme that James is getting through, that life is short and can be easily wasted. So don't make plans without first asking God what plans he might have for us. How many of you have ever had that happen where you, you planned a, a picnic or an event or an outing and it's going to be great and you've got all the pieces together and, and it rains? Or, or you, you've you got the big tickets, you made it to this, you know, you've got the concert you wanted to see for the longest time and you get the tickets, you make all these plans and someone has the audacity to die and now you have to go to a funeral. Like... I mean, you've had that happen, right? We, we, we make plans. We make plans. It, 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 it sounds funny. I, I, was, I, was, I, I actually met a, a neighbor once on the street, and, and I was talking to him. I said, hey, how's it going? He's like, well, I don't want to feel bad about it, but we put a deposit down, and we had the vacation all paid for, and my aunt, who just keeps going and going and going, died. Right before their vacation. He's like, I know, I shouldn't feel bad about it. I was like, no, it's okay to feel bad about that. But, but anyway, life goes beyond our control, right? Life goes beyond our control. We, we, we make plans and then things happen. We have dreams and visions and, and sometimes it may be grand plans and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And then that little test that comes in a box says your plans are going to change. That happens. That's a reality. You're buying a minivan instead of a sports car. You learn to love the minivan, though. It's a great vehicle. But anyway, James chapter 4, verse 13 through 17. Look here, you who say, Today or tomorrow, we are going to a certain town, and we'll stay there a year. We will do business there and make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? So he's challenging. This is a very bold, very certain statement. I'm going to do this, and this is how it's going to turn out, because I'm awesome, and I got great ideas. I got great plans. So James is saying, okay, you and your great plans, if you have great plans, let me ask you this. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Hmm. Your life is like the morning fog. It is here a little while, then it's gone. Come on, that's kind of a downer. He's like, some of you are like, yes, I got great plans. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And he's like, you know, you could die tomorrow. Like, come on, James. Your life is like the morning fog. It is here a little while, then it's gone. So he gives this advice. So what you ought to say is this. If the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. See the difference? I will do this or that. Or if God wants me to, I will do this or that. Verse 16. Otherwise, if you don't say that if the Lord wants us to, otherwise... You're really just boasting. You're bragging about your own pretentious plans. And all such boasting is evil. 
love James. He really challenges us on this. You know, there's things in our life, we, we don't think of it as evil. We just think of it as, well, we, we think of evil as the really dark, icky stuff. We think of sin as the big stuff. And really, what is evil, what is sin, is, is darkness. Anything that is outside of God's plan is not of God. And anything that is not of God is evil. Being, and think of it in terms of anything is evil is anything that's trying to prevent what God wants to happen from happening. And so even good intentions, even spiritual, wonderful things, we might have great spiritual plans or ideas, but if it's not part of what God's plan has for it, it could actually go against what God's wanting to do. And if it's going against what God's wanting to do, that's anti-God, therefore it falls in the category of evil. 17. And 17 is kind of a segue into the next passage, which we'll look at the following week. But verse 17, remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. And I think one of the reasons it ties into the next, next part of, of, of this chapter, but also I think there's this idea of we have plants and Sometimes what happens in our life is it becomes this battle of our plans versus God's plans. Anybody ever struggled with that? I certainly have, do struggle with that. Our big idea again this morning. You can turn to the, oh, there it is. Life is short and can be easily wasted. So don't make plans without first asking God what plans he might have for us. See, part of it is, I think what James is getting at, is it's not about we make plans and then we, God has his plans. What he's saying is, let's start at the beginning and let's plan with God. Let's partner with God in the planning of our lives it's, it's arrogant self-reliance to think we can make plans without God who knows and sees what we can't. If God exists outside of space and time, he can see around the corner. He knows what may be happening. And the reality is, too, is God knows us better than we know ourselves. And there's times where we may even have a vision or a plan of something God wants us to do in our life. And we'll jump the gun. We'll start planning, uh, making plans for God's plans for our lives. And he will put roadblocks and keep us from getting there because he knows if we get there too soon, he knows us better than we know ourselves. We can't handle what God has for us. God's plans are often way bigger and more impactful than anything we can dream up and imagine. That was a, a big shock for me. When I was a teenager, I was struggling with what to do with my life, and I had big plans. I was going to jump out of airplanes, and I was going to blow things up, and I was going to be this, this cool mercenary or James Bond or whatever. And then I was like, well, but maybe I could also make a lot of money and have motor, a bunch of motorcycles. And not. I was wrestling with all these plans that were my plans. And I had big, you know, I, I'm an imagine, and I'm, Naive enough, you know, my parents, they never said you can't, my parents said if you really put yourself to it, you can accomplish whatever you want. And I, I believe that, but they did also say this, 
They also said, but check with God, because God has a plan for your life. And it took me a while for that part to, to sink in, and I had great plans for my life. And when I finally surrendered to what God was wanting me to do, and it was kind of an amazing way that God spoke into my life, and I've shared that before, um, and if you haven't heard that, I'll share it with you another time, but, but basically, once God started speaking to me, what he was saying to me was, I have a plan for your life. And I felt like I wasn't just speaking that to me, but it's for all of us, God has a plan for our life, and God's plans will far exceed our own plans. What God was specifically speaking to me was he saying, I will take you places, and you'll do things you never imagined, or imagined possible. And I was like, wow. I imagine I could be an astronaut, so. But I was talking with somebody recently, and I was just sharing some life stories I had, and they looked at me, and they said, how did you do all that? You're not even 40. I said, you know, it's God. And they weren't a believer, and I was able to share how God has a plan for our life, and he takes us down alleyways, and he takes us into neat opportunities that we never would imagine possible. And even in our backyard, even with our neighbors, even with, with family and friends, God will use us in ways we never imagined possible. So we need to listen to God. And there's a couple things. When we start making plans in our lives, how many of you know when you're planning to do something, we thank God for YouTube. We got all the, the uh, DIY do-it-yourself videos that I've been able to work on my car, been able to do things thanks to, to those. So when you want to do something, you ask an expert, right? You ask somebody who knows. You listen to the expert. You don't plan an outdoor event without looking at the weather, although sometimes I wonder about the expertise of, of meteorologists sometimes. But we ask God because God knows what we don't. He's actually the expert on who I am. God is the expert on my life. I am not. He knows me better than I know myself. So one of the reasons we are to make our plans with God is because he is the expert. One, we are to listen to the expert. Second thing is we're to listen to him and find out because there's things that we want to do. And oftentimes we have desires and things in our heart because God put them there. And sometimes we just have plans and ideas because it sounds neat to us and we think that's going to make us interesting to the rest of the world. But we need to ask God because he's the expert too. We need to find out what does God want? What does he want? As I said before, it's possible to have good intentions and pursue something that is noble but is not what God has for us. When I was growing up, I had, I had some friends that, that uh, and this is reality, is this is more his parents' plan, but you would ask him, we were probably 10 years old, and people would ask me, what do you want to be when you grow up? I'm like, I don't know, soldier maybe, something. And you ask him, and with great zeal, he'd go, I'm going to be a pastor. And I was like, okay, cool. And I thought he was crazy. And I thought my other friend wanted to be. And it found out later, his parents really wanted him to be a pastor because to them, that was the greatest thing you could do in your life. 
I had a totally different perspective. I thought that's the last thing you do, you know, in your life. I had great respect for pastors, but I did not want to touch that with a 10-foot pole. And this is where it gets funny. (laughs) See, there are me plans. There are plans that I make that I have. There are others' plans, plans that other people make for us. People come and say, you know what? You would be great at this, or you would be great at that, or you should do this, you should do that. And then thirdly, there are God's plans. So there's my plans for me, there's other people's plans for me, and there's God's plans for me. And it's funny, as we got older, and we hit about an age where we had to start figuring things out, he realized, one, that God wasn't calling him a pastor, and he did not want to be a pastor. But because that plan was so ingrained and so put upon him, and that's why we've got to be careful about how we speak into other people's lives, that it caused a lot of conflict for him. It made him actually go against God. Because, see, we may not be serving God in a, in a title capacity, but each and every one of us are called to serve God with our lives. If we are a follower of Christ, we are also a minister of the gospel. Because we have the Holy Spirit who empowers us, and if we have the Holy Spirit with us, we are to be speaking out life into the world around us, ministering to those in darkness. The question is just how does God want us to do that within our uniqueness and within our lives? Sometimes we have visions and dreams and plans. And sometimes we struggle to, to submit them and ask God about it because that dream, that, that vision, that thing we have, so much of our identity is tied up in that. That we're afraid to let God have it because we're afraid he might take it away. We're afraid he might change it, and then we won't know who we are. It's possible to have plans and dreams that God has even given us and birthed within us. But if we don't let God be the one to, to make that plan and plan it out, our identity can be in the plan itself rather than the plan giver. And Hillary and I, we went through some of that ourselves. God had clearly spoke to us and said, hey, here's your plan. I want you to go live overseas and, and share the gospel and, and work among people. And we did that. And there's a point where you do that and then you race on ahead and you say, okay, that's what I'm going to do, locked in. And so it can become difficult sometimes when you're, you're, you're locked in, you put on the seatbelt and you full speed ahead into the plan God has for you. And then halfway through, a guy goes, oh, by the way, let's go this way. And you're like, well, but, 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 but our plan's over there, God. We, our identity, our sense of security and who we are and what you, it's, it's over here. I don't want to go over here. That's how I was. I was like, God, no, I, I said I'd do everything but be a pastor. You know, I, I can do the missions thing, but... The pastoring, eh. And I fought God a little bit on, on, his, on his plan. And that's where we have to 
we have to trust God and realize that he does have our best interest at heart. And oftentimes, and what I came to realize is God didn't change the plan for my life. There were just some twists and turns I didn't know about. And God was wise enough not to tell me about them because he knew I would try to find a way to get around those twists and turns. Duke's a hazard. I just kind of jump over that. The bridge is out. I did do that. God, there's a point where sometimes to get us to shift our lives, we're going along, we're going in the plan, and all of a sudden the bridge is out. And we're like, God, why is the bridge out? You said this was the plan. And God's like, well, I, the plan's actually to here, and then we got to go direction. And you're like, so then I'm thinking, how do I jump this? How do I get over this and just keep going? Because I like this plan. <laughs> yes. Jump over it. (laughs) But we have to realize that God may not be opposed to our plans or dreams. Maybe he's the one who's planted the idea or dreams within us. But he's the one that knows exactly how it's going to twist and turn, the way it's going to turn out. See, I believe God sees the uniqueness of who we are. And I think there's two different ways you can, however, your theology kind of leaves you that, you know, I think there's times where God specifically plants a dream or a plan within us. And I think there's times where just in our uniqueness and who we are and how we're gifted, we have a, a dream or a vision, a plan of how we would like God to maybe use us. And God looks down and he says, I love that heart. I love that ambition. I'm going to use that and I'm going to put a plan for that. And so God puts together, he weaves these beautiful plans for each of our lives that, that co-works with each and every one else's. And God sees our hearts and he sees our minds and he sees the, the ambitions within us and he says, I want to use them and make them unique as a beautiful part of my plan. Just a couple thoughts here. God's plans are often bigger than our own plans. But bigger does not mean flashier. Bigger does not mean more sensational or or more visible. God's biggerness, biggerness, (laughs) God's plan, yeah, I learned English good. God's plans for us have a much wider and deeper impact than we could ever imagine. God's plans go beyond what we could possibly imagine. When we're in the middle of God's plans, sometimes we don't even see what's happening. We don't even see, we're like a rock going into the water and we create this ripple and all we know is we just went into the water and we're just doing what God's called us to do and we don't see the rippling and the continual change that is taking place because of our obedience to God. I love this, this story. A friend of mine, she's um, probably in her uh, 70s right now, and she grew up in a home that was very challenging. She had to actually sneak out of her home at 13 to even go to church. And because of the abuse she endured, and because of all that, she, had to, she was like, God, why would you allow me to go through this? God, 
why? So she was challenging her faith. She said, God, if you are real, I need you to, to prove yourself. And while she's walking, there's a, she lived in a, a Conemwalk area, and I don't remember which lake, but there was a man that, that she kind of knew, a neighbor, what I, he was in his boat. Now, this guy was living out God's plan for his life, and it wasn't a big flash thing, but God's plan for his life was to spend time listening to God, and he did that out in his boat. And anytime God spoke to him, he would speak and share that with other people. That was part of his plan. It wasn't flashy. So one day, he's in his boat, and this 13-year-old girl is walking by, and he feels God tell him, tell her, God sees you and he loves you. He was living out God's plan for his life. And that was the key moment that she solidified her faith in Christ. And I can tell you because of her and her husband's legacy at his funeral, there were hundreds of people there that have been impacted, that have come to know Christ because of this couple. And it goes back to one man in a boat who was living out his plan to hear from God in his everyday life and do what God was calling him to do. God's plans are better than our plans. When we are in the midst of God's plan, now God's plans can sometimes feel a little hairy and a little dicey. But we're in the midst of God's plans, there is peace and joy. So things may not be perfect and easy, but there is peace and joy. I just want to caveat that, that and this is something I've learned and I keep having to relearn because I'm stubborn. One of the most hardest, most difficult Personal wrecking things you can do is try to live out God's plan for your life, but do it in your own capacity. I would dare say you would be better off just to not even try to do God's plans because there's that old hot or cold thing. When you ride the fence, man, you get some splinters. When you try to do God's plan for your life, you've got a target on your back. The enemy does not want you to do God's plan. So when you try to live out God's plans in your own capacity, apart from that daily spending time and walking with the Holy Spirit and having God empower you, because remember, God's plans are bigger than us. And so we can't just accept God's plans, but we need to accept his leading and his empowerment and his enablement to live out those plans. Because these plans that God has for us are bigger than us. And God's plans leave a true legacy, an eternal impact. If God's plan for our life may seem simple, it may seem humdrum, but if we live out that place in power and in obedience to what God is calling us to do, we can have a greater impact than someone who is preaching to thousands in their own capacity. There can be a greater eternal impact. We aren't just to follow God's plans, but he wants us to, to walk out our life in partnership with him. He wants us to partner with him in our lives. So God may give us a plan or a dream but he's not giving us a plan or a dream to do it on our own. He's giving us a plan or a dream to do with him. God does not give us assignments 
to do alone. He gives us invitations to do an assignment with him. Some morning, some reflection questions. One, am I taking time to ask God about my future plans and what I should or shouldn't be doing now? And sometimes, and just to say this, I can get so, if you're like me, you can get so caught up on, God, but what do you want me to do a year from now? God, what do you want me to do five years from now? God, what do you want me to do ten years from now? And get so fixated on that that I forget to simply say in the morning, God, what do you want me to do today? Because our days can be planned out. We, we are a very busy society And I want to challenge us as a church, as believers, to be different than the world around us and say, yes, we may have life's plans, we have work, we have different things, but let us wake up in the morning and say, God, this is my plan for the day, but I'm giving it to you. Feel free to interrupt me at any time. Feel free to help me see your plan within within this day. Lord, is there something I need to do today? There's something I should be doing right now. Two, am I asking and listening for guidance from the Holy Spirit as I pursue the direction God is leading me? Sometimes we, we, we get that clear. I mean, we, we know that God is calling us and leading us. And then we call it those, those mountaintop experiences where you're, you're at the mountaintop and you, got, you clearly hear from God. You know, yes, God, this is the direction you're calling me to. And we start in that direction And often that direction takes us down the mountain into the valley. And we get in that valley and it seems dark and we start panicking a little bit and we want to change direction. And so we need to, in the midst of that, say, God, God, lead me through. Lord, you lead me through that valley of the shadow of death. Because we need to remember the mountaintop experience, remember the direction. Just because it gets dark does not mean we're going the wrong direction. But we need to remember that God has spoken to us and ask him to shine his light and to lead us through the valley that gets us to the next mountaintop moment that we are to stand victoriously on. Three, am I making sure to live with God and not just for God? God does not ask us to live for him. He asks us to live with him. Because when I do something for somebody, yes, we're doing things for God, so to speak. But when we do things for God, apart from him, not with him, it becomes about trying to earn his favor. It becomes about performance. It becomes about, am I good enough? And when we do things with God, Because he's not asking us on our own to do things for him. No, he's asking us to do things with him. And when we do things for God, we realize I'm not good enough to do things for God. And that doubt and that depression comes in. And when we do things with God, we realize, wow, I never could have done that without God. That's God working. And we realize how much he loves us and he's with us. Am I making sure to live with God and not just for God? Let's pray.